I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 466. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. As we get started today, I recognize engaging God's word for yourself can feel daunting at times. And while our featured song will give us fresh inspiration as to where to study, the episode guide will give you the interaction tools you'll need to dig in. Grab your episode 466 guide at michellenizette.com forward slash 466 download. And if you've already subscribed to my email list, this guide is already in your inbox, ready to help you discover and meditate on God's Word in new ways. What a joy it has been to read and study and meditate on the Lord's Prayer, as inspired by Matt Marr's song, The Lord's Prayer, It's Yours. When our music sings back the very words of God, it is a powerful tool to harness, and we've talked about that. But we must harness it to get the most out of it that we can. So can you guess where we'll be headed in Scripture today? I bet you can, but first, let's listen. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done. On earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done. On earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. I knew immediately where I wanted to go in scripture when I heard this song for the first time. Uh, Many of the lyrics come directly from what is commonly labeled as the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you can recite it by heart. Maybe you're of a faith tradition that recites it weekly. Maybe you even recite it daily. Or maybe all this Bible stuff is new to you. For all of us, let's all start in the same place to lay a common foundation of God's word. So let's head over to Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now that's from the English Standard Version translation of the Bible. I actually learned this prayer in the King James Version, King James Version. And so it goes like this, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, did you know that there is a similar version of this prayer found in Luke chapter 11? So if you head over there to verse 2, it says, And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, 
Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Now, I'm not going to have time to tackle it today, but I think it would be so interesting uh, to compare and contrast the two places this prayer is recorded in the Gospels and then also compare and contrast the context around each of them. Because as you read that, you will see that it's actually two different circumstances where Jesus goes over this prayer. But for today, how we can look at this very familiar passage of scripture, uh, the, the question that I'm asking is, how can we look at this with fresh eyes? So we will look at it one bite at a time. And so on each episode, I share Bible interaction tool exercises. I call them bites for short. And these are habits I've curated over the years that I use to keep my time in God's word effective and varied. And notice that we are interacting with the Bible, not with tradition, not even with the lyrics. The lyrics have inspired where we're going to go study, but then we leave them to the side and study God's word. And then we use the song to remind us of what we've studied. That's how we harness the power of the song. Now, I actually have a great story that I want to share, and it comes from the class that I co-teach with a panel at my church. And one of the things I cherish is that it just seems to be a safe place to allow the word of God to change the way people think, even if it's something that they've been taught their whole life, even if it's something that they've been taught in church. And we had a Q&A session for our last session. And one of the questions came in about prayer. And the question was, when I pray like this, is it wrong? Now, the this is consistent with how the person was taught to pray in church. And apparently someone else in the class grew up in the same tradition because he was like, oh, I do that. I pray like that all the time. And then almost immediately, as if in the same breath, he said, oh, wait, you're going to tell me it's wrong, aren't you? Okay. I'm ready. (laughs) Now, I'm not going to tell you what the this is because it really doesn't matter here. What matters is his open heart to what God's word actually says and the willingness to let it shape our behavior. So rather than saying, but that's how I've always done it, or that's how my insert the name of someone you love and respect taught me to do it. I want us to approach this scripture and every scripture with open hearts and discerning ears. So the first question that you want to ask is, what does it say? What does the Bible actually say? The words on the page. Then we move to what does it mean? And that's where interpretation comes in. And that's why we have so many different faith traditions, because different people interpret things differently. Um, You need to find one that is consistent with what the Bible says. And then you ask the question, how should it change me? And especially with songs like this, you don't want the lyrics to become your scripture. And you're like, but but they do come from scripture. I agree. I understand that. But they are not your scripture. They reflect scripture, um, but they are not your scripture. I don't want them to, the lyrics of the song to replace scripture in your heart. However, don't judge the song too harshly either. <laughs> the song is art. Um, I realize when you, you'll realize that it leaves out some of the, the, the prayer. It is a reflection of the Lord's prayer, but it's not, doesn't include every word that's in it uh, because it's art. It can inspire, remind, it can help us meditate, but it should never replace God's word. And I don't think the artists intend it to either. So as I approach this prayer in Matthew chapter six, one of my first questions was, what is the immediate context around this prayer model in both Matthew and Luke? And again, we're just going to stick with Matthew chapter six today, but for your homework, 
homework or as a way to continue to interact with this um, prayer and these texts, you could follow this same pattern that we're going to follow today around Matthew 6 and then go and study Luke 11 on your own. But when I open my Bible to Matthew chapter 6, the first thing I notice is that the prayer is tucked into the Sermon on the Mount. And I have to back all the way up to Matthew chapter 5 to see the beginning of that sermon. And if you have a red letter Bible, you will notice that it's all the way back up to chapter 5 where those red letters begin and go all the way through chapter 7. In fact, here's Matthew 5 verses 1 and 2. It says, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying. All right, so this is Jesus, and so this teaching on prayer is in the midst of a larger section of scripture uh, of Jesus's teaching his disciples on a variety of topics. So this is the perfect time to take the bite of reading in context. Now, I loosely define reading in context as the chapter before, the chapter, and the chapter after where you're studying. This loose definition works out perfectly in our case because the chapter before is where this teaching starts and the chapter after is where this teaching ends. In fact, listen to how it ends in Matthew chapter 7, verses 28 and 29. It says, And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. So I want you to put yourself on that mountain at the feet of Jesus. Now recognize that you come to this teaching with the influence of teachers and priests and pastors and insert the name of someone you love and respect who have come before and taught you much about what Jesus is teaching in this sermon. But I want you to remain astonished at his teaching. Truly, come curious and with wonder as sitting at the feet of someone who has authority, as the one who has more authority than all the others. His voice gets to be the loudest. Now be bold. Take the bite of using your imagination. So seriously, sit at his feet. Be bold. Move closer so that you can hear. Excuse me, can you move over a bit so I can sit here? Seriously, frustrate the people around you in your mind with your shameless and gutsy desire to hear every word of Jesus. And so once you've read through that entire sermon, maybe even a time or two, I encourage you to do it a time or two, maybe even listen to it, maybe even read it in different translations. Focus in on this section, beginning in chapter six, verse five, where Jesus begins a section of teaching on prayer. So your focused interactive study time will be in chapter six, but your kind of Um, heart preparation time will be to soak in the context. Okay. So uh, that's right. This is a teaching on prayer. This is what this section is. For those of you who are saying, um, people tell me all the time to pray about it, but I don't know how to do that. Then this section of Jesus's message is for you. Stay at his feet. Don't make, don't make a bathroom run. It's time. It's not time for a coffee break. Uh, here we go. All right, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Can you picture them? Again, we're back in our imagination. The hypocrites who like to be heard, the ones that make you feel like you don't know how to pray. They've received their reward, Jesus says. Is their reward answers to their prayer? No, their reward is the attention they seek. And so uh, when you pray, don't seek attention. 
Matthew 6, 6 says, when you pray, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Just you and God, not for show, but for relationship. How do I know it's for relationship? Because Jesus called God your father. He didn't say, pray to God who's in secret. He didn't say, pray to my father who's in secret. He said, pray to your father who is in secret. And father, it's a relational name. If he's our father, then we are his children. And prayer is our mode of communication with him. Verse 7, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So as a recap, so far I've learned I don't want to pray for show. I only want to be heard by my father, and I don't need a lot of words to be heard. And then verse 8, don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So you see, we have two categories of people that Jesus is telling us, um, his disciples, two categories that he wants us to avoid, hypocrites and Gentiles. Unfortunately for us, we're both. Well, at least I am, because a hypocrite is someone whose actions are not consistent with their claimed beliefs. And a Gentile is anyone who is not of Jewish heritage. And as for me, I'm always a Gentile and I act in a hypocritical way at times. But we read closely, right? You know, what Jesus was teaching is a manner of praying that these two groups were known for. The hypocrites, he was describing, wanted to be noticed by men more than God. The Gentiles, he was using as an example, thought more words meant that they could manipulate God in some way. And so he teaches us that our manner of prayer should not be to use a lot of words to try to convince God to do something for us because he already knows what we need before we ask him. And we shouldn't use those words to draw attention to ourselves. Those are two manners of praying. Jesus is now going to suggest another manner of praying. So let's take the quick bite of looking at various translations. So when I pop Matthew um, chapter 6 verse 9 into biblehub.com, a free resource that I like to use because it you can if you put an individual verse in, it'll pop up a whole bunch of translations all on that screen. I can see that the NIV says this then is how you should pray. The NASB says, pray then in this way. Um, As we read in the ESV, it says, pray then like this. And the King James Version says, after this manner, therefore pray ye. So we're getting a clear picture from the context and the words that Jesus uses that this is a model prayer. The direction of our Savior is not to pray this prayer, but rather pray pray like this. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with praying the prayer or singing it as it is written, but I don't want you to miss what the teacher is actually teaching. He's answering our burning question, how do we pray? Not what do we pray, but how? So let's read it together again. Verse 9, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So if this is a model, what do we see uh, specifically in contrast to the manner in which we should not pray like the hypocrites and the Gentiles? But what do we see as a, a manner of prayer? So one of my favorite resources around the Lord's Prayer is a study by Kay Arthur entitled, Lord, Teach Me to Pray in 28 Days. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. If you've never studied the Lord's Prayer, I highly recommend this as a great tool to help you do just that. It is This is taking the bite of consulting an outside resource. And the thing I like about 
about this resource is that she actually guides you to read and interact with the scripture for yourself. So she, I learned a lot from her. Um, so her pattern is my pattern. My pattern is, is her pattern. I learned from her. And um, as always, only take the bite of consulting an outside resource after you've read and interacted with the text for yourself. But Kay talks about indexing this prayer into topics. I'm going to share her thoughts here. She shows how uh, this prayer offers seven topics, worship, allegiance, submission, petition and provision, confession and forgiveness, watchfulness and deliverance, and then back to worship. And we're going to go ahead and unpack these one at a time. So topic number one, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, shows us that we should begin our prayers to God in worship. It's consistent with my bite start of start with God, especially in our prayers. We should start with God. Even in this model, we see relationship as we've already talked about. We see so we see God as our father. We see God's position relative to our own. He's in heaven above us and every situation we have to bring to his throne and his name is to be hallowed. So to hallow something is to treat as holy and set apart as sacred. So I took the bite of considering the opposite. I simply typed in hallow into my online thesaurus and I looked up the antonyms. So the opposite of hallow. And some of the words that popped up included detest, mock, and scorn. And while I don't imagine that any of us approach approach God this way, if we're if we're going to pray, we're not you know coming to Him uh, with mocking and scorning and detest and um, and detesting Him, at least not intentionally. But the list also includes words like ignore, criticize, and forget. So when we pray, we start with God and we hallow his name. We remember how holy he is and we recognize how much higher he is. We don't forget to start with him and we worship him. We don't criticize him or mock him. And if you've often taken the bite of starting with God, if you followed this podcast for any length of time and you've started with God in your regular studies, then you should have a pretty great list of his character, his conduct, and his concerns that you can plug into, you can use to worship him as you open in prayer to him. So topic number two in this prayer model is allegiance. When we pray your kingdom come, we're pledging our allegiance to God. And Kay Arthur writes, it's confirmation in prayer of our allegiance to the sovereign rule of the kingdom of God above all else. And so this means that God's priorities become our priorities. And I think the order of this prayer matters. Um, I don't think that Jesus was giving us a grab bag of topics, you know, so he wants us to start with God and all the things that go with worshiping him and hallowing his name and what it does to our own heart to fix our eyes and our hearts on him. We talked about that last week um, in, in or the last episode. And so then, then you move on to what's important to God, and then we align our priorities with his. And part of that alignment is acknowledging or, you know, allegiance to his kingdom. And then topic number three is submission. So submission to his will, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Kay says that this is a heart attitude of submission to the sovereignty and will of the Father. And we see this displayed in the life and prayers of Jesus, if you study that. But I do want to remind you and let you know that this is a dangerous prayer because God's will is not always what we think we want. But what does the Bible say is the will of God? Well, consider John 6, 38. uh, I have come down from heaven. This is Jesus saying, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. 
So it's God's will that you believe in his son. And if you haven't done that, then that's a great prayer to start with. Lord, I place my trust and belief and faith in, in your son, and I and I want to follow you. Now, scripture is full of other aspects of God's revealed will to us. Of course, we do need to move on. You can tell already I'm going to go a little bit long today, but I think it's worth it. All right, topic number four, petition and provision. Give us this day our daily bread. And Kay reminds us that in telling us to pray for our daily bread, Jesus reminds us to live out our day-by-day lives in total dependence on God. But we don't live this way, do we? We live as if it all depends on us. You know, sometimes we only seek God through petition when we're desperate for provision, a provision that we can't seem to conjure up on our own. So then we relent and finally ask God. But God wants to walk with us day by day and provide what we need as we need it. And this leads to a life lived with faith and trust. And again, I wish we could just spend more time on each topic, but I want to get through them all. So topic number five is confession and forgiveness. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And Kay asks, how can you and I genuinely worship God, tell him we desire his will, and ask him to supply our needs without being overwhelmed by our own sin and with our need for of his favor in forgiveness? We need forgiveness. And as we receive that forgiveness, we are now to be like Christ and then forgive others. Like Ephesians 4 teaches us, let let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So how did God in Christ forgive us? Completely. No strings attached. All right, let's move on. Topic number six, watchfulness and deliverance. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And again, I'm running out of time to explain this completely, but I want to draw your attention to a podcast episode by Sinclair Ferguson on his podcast, Things Unseen. He actually takes a week to walk through the Lord's Prayer. It's fabulous. I highly encourage you to listen to all of the episodes. But the episode titled Lead Us Not Into Temptation will help you understand this portion of the prayer better. And so I'm going to go ahead and link that um, in the show notes at michellekneesat.com forward slash 466. Now, our flesh is weak, and we are acknowledging this before God in this part of our prayer. We need protection and deliverance from all things unholy, whether it's attacks from the evil one or just our own desire to sin that leads us astray. So daily acknowledging this and asking God for help, that was important enough for Jesus to put it in his model prayer. And I've seen other models that label this section spiritual warfare, if that helps you to understand kind of like what we're going after. All right, finally, topic number seven is actually the same as topic number one. Worship. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, scholars believe that this phrase was actually added by the early church. And so in your Bibles, it might be in brackets, you know, kind of saying this wasn't in the original canon of scripture. But beginning and ending in worship is always a good idea. And so, um, you know, ending in worship is the way you want to start and end with God in your prayers. And I have one last thought before we wrap up. You know, while Jesus says to go into your closet and pray to God in secret, I don't think he's teaching that we should never pray corporately. Um, And our prayer life is not only about us individually, because did you notice that our model never references me or I? It's all our, us, and we. Go back and read it. Um, And one last thing, (laughs) this uh, one more thing, I'm like the preacher says, and another final, you know, point, this section of teaching on prayer ends with verse 17. So again, remember, this is the section of teaching of prayer in the Sermon on the Mount, verse uh, 14 and 15. 
says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, Jesus is giving us the model and then hopping back up to topic number five, because he knows this one just might be the one that trips us up the most. So what's next? Well, read or listen to Matthew chapters five through seven several times this week. When you have some time to sit down and interact with the text, study Matthew chapter six, verses five through 15 to see Jesus's teaching on prayer. In that section is where you'll find the Lord's prayer. And then take the model prayer that he shares within that um, teaching and try to identify the topics. You know, maybe you'll come up with a different word uh, for the topic than I shared, one that you feel better represents the section of the model, and that's totally fine. And then I want you to pray to God daily using this model. I know it's going to feel a little bit clunky at first, and you may even want to write out your prayer each day. Uh, Don't forget to begin and end in worship. And I can't wait to hear about how your prayer prayer life is being transformed. And so while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. Hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneesat. My public page on Facebook is michellekneesat. And let's talk about what you're learning. More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. Check out other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at newreleasetoday.com. And don't forget to grab your episode guide at michellekneesat.com forward slash 466 download. Of course, if you're already a subscriber, it's in your inbox. So with that in mind, I want to thank my newest subscribers who have subscribed lately, like Barbara from New Jersey, Lori from Virginia, Aaron from Massachusetts, Doug from New York, Jennifer from California, Marilyn from Minnesota, Les from Kentucky, Terry from Georgia, Mackenzie from Indiana, and Nell from Texas. Welcome. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneesat.com, through iTunes or Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. And if you haven't left a review yet, can you do that today by heading over to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next time, I will be featuring Was the Word from His Story, the Musical, to dive into scripture. I have a really exciting Friday with Friends episode coming up with Anna Miriam Brown, the writer of the musical. And we've actually featured one of the songs from His Story, the Musical, before, way back in episode 303. But now the production is actually being performed live in the Colony, Texas, which is about an hour outside of Dallas. And I can't wait for you to meet her. And uh, so be sure to follow the podcast so that you won't miss that bonus episode. And if you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 466. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.